but this morning, we'll talk about by stripes. I believe he's my healer. Isaiah 53, verse number 1, reads like this. We know it well. It's a very familiar passage. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Listen, what that means is, he's not like your billboard guy. Jesus was a plain, ordinary Joe, just ordinary guy. A man of, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Amen? He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Over the last few weeks, I've been preaching on various topics just because the Lord laid them heavy upon my heart, things that we need to deal with, things that we need to pay attention to. Listen, there are so many things in our culture today that are vying for our time and our attention. And I'm not just talking about those things that, the busy things, you know, those things that say, fix me, weed me, prune me, mow me. I'm talking about other things that say, why do you believe that Jesus is the only way? I remember one time when Oprah Winfrey on her television show uh, accosted a lady verbally and said, you cannot possibly believe that Jesus is the only way. And we see that happening more and more. So there are things vying for our faith and our time and our attention. And so there's some things that I really felt the Lord lay on my, on my heart uh, to share over the last few weeks. Last Sunday, I preached on trusting God in tough economic times. And how many know these are tough times right now? These are tough times or tough economic times. And, 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 and what we need in a time like this is that steadfast faith in an unchanging God. That is so vital to navigating these difficult days that we live in. One of the theological terms that you learn about God is that he's immutable. And, and now that's a big word. It just simply means that God's unchanging. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did for those before, he will do for us now. And that's the consistency that we have. Isn't it nice to have somebody consistent in our lives today? In, in a world that's in flux, in a world that, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, uh, I, I'm kind of a 70s and 80s guy, okay? And so, uh, I, I kind of enjoy every once in a while reminiscing about the Aquanet days, you know, ladies, uh, with the, the Aquanet, your 70s. I remember I had a, actually, how many know what stacks are, the, the, the stack shoes, you know, the elevated shoes? Deck shoes, is that what they're called? Or right, what are they? Platforms, yeah, platform shoes. Bell bottoms. Now, I was young, I was born in 65, but I do remember those days. And, and every once in a while, you know, there's a song that comes on that just transports me back to my, my, when I was in elementary or when I was in middle school and high school. It's just, you know, I just, I just like that kind of stuff. And I don't know why there was a story there. Um, <laughs> the, the, the point being, things change, right? Things change. You know, what was popular then is not so popular now. Uh, things change. But it's nice to know that in our life, there is someone who is consistent who is, as he was yesterday and a thousand years ago, he's still the same today, and a thousand years in the future, he will remain the same. It's wonderful to know that. You know, this morning I'm going to preach on healing. Now, here's the thing. I want you to understand, I don't believe for one moment that miracles stop with the last apostle. 
There are some people that teach that uh, when the last apostle died, that miracles stopped happening, healing stopped happening, the gifts of the Spirit stopped happening. But I, for one, am not one of those. I do not believe that. In fact, uh, I do not, I'm also in that camp that I don't believe that God used miracles simply as a catalyst to jumpstart the church. Again, there are people that believe that. There are people that teach that God empowered the apostles to do the miraculous and that he used them to be a catalyst that would jumpstart the church that would eventually move out and span the globe. I don't believe that. I believe that miracles are still appropriate for us today. Miracles of healing, miracles of whatever. I still believe in the power of God to do things that are not natural to us. I believe that he's my healer. Listen, divine healing is for every generation who calls out to God with prayers of faith. I still believe in the miracle of healing. I still believe in the miracles of God. I was telling the early service, uh, uh, Derek and Rebecca would remember this, about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, we were on our way to, uh, we were doing a spring break trip to uh, Red River, New Mexico. And so we're driving on 287, we're coming out, we just came out of Wichita Falls and we're driving, so the next big, bigger town, I guess, would be Dalhart. So we're somewhere, and if you're going eastbound, you know you've got that wide median between eastbound and westbound 287. So we're driving uh, the speed limit, about 70 miles an hour. We're driving uh, to our vacation destination for the spring break. And, out of, and ahead of us, the traffic came to a dead stop. And so I stopped, and I'm in the left-hand lane. And out of my periphery, I see through that side mirror a car it was an SUV, it was a Ford Ranger, I believe, or Explorer, come barreling, so, so I could see him coming at a high rate of speed, so evidently this guy was distracted. And when he looked up and realized that he did not have time to stop, he veered off from, so he, so he wouldn't run, ram the cars in front of him, he veered off the road into the median. Well, when he did that, he began to roll. And right about where our vehicle was is when he started rolling and flipping. I don't, how, I don't know how many times. It probably 12, 14 times. He was going every bit of 60, 65 miles an hour. And when I saw that, when I saw him veer off, I knew exactly what was going to happen. So I threw the car uh, in park, and I told Derek and I told Dakota, I said, come on. And we started running towards that car as that thing's flipping. And when it finally came to rest, Derek, uh, Derek and I and Dakota, Dakota climbs up into the back, my son climbs up in the back of the vehicle, there was about, I think maybe six people or so in the vehicle, so Dakota climbs up into the back of that vehicle, gets his pocket knife out, and uh, you know, like a good southern boy that I raised him to be, carries a pocket knife, and so he, bring, he whips out his pocket knife, and he's cutting the seat belt to get that person, uh, and maybe in a couple people, out of their seat belt, they couldn't get, it, get released. Derek and I are getting people out of the front area. But what we found out, and this is the point of the story, there was a baby in that vehicle, in a car seat. And somewhere in that process, as that car is flipping and rolling, that baby is deposited on the ground, sitting right side up with no injury. Now, don't tell me that God still doesn't do miracles. That God does not watch over his own. See, I still believe in the power of God to do things in the present day reality of where we live. And again, divine healing is for every generation. Every generation who calls out to God with prayers of faith. In fact, Jesus, right before he ascended, it before his ascension, he said this in Mark chapter 16. He said, and these signs 
Everybody say these signs. And these signs shall follow them who do what? Believe. I believe you're my healer. I believe these signs shall follow them that believe. And here's what he said. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall do what? They shall recover. Do you believe? Why did we stop believing that? Why did the church stop believing that? Why did we stop believing that the power of God is still relevant for us in the 21st century? Listen, I understand that we have modern technology and we have great medic. I've got a lower back issue. I've got a, a degenerative disc in my lower back. I've got bone on bone. And I told my wife, I said, it's kind of like the mother-in-law that's always there. <laughs> that wasn't good, was it? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mama, if you're watching and it's, it's, just, it's just there. It's a, it, it. But I believe. I've been praying over the last couple of weeks. Tomorrow's three weeks ago that I tweaked it, having to move my wife, transfer her one place to another. It was three weeks ago that I did that. And, and it's better, obviously. I'm, somebody said, you're almost vertical right now. Because <laughs> the last couple of weeks I've been walking to the side because it, it just hurts so bad. But I've been praying for a creative miracle. I'm like, God, listen, I, understand, I believe. I believe. That you can take that bone that's on bone and that you can put new cartilage in there. That you can, you can restore it like it was. I believe that. I truly believe that. When I had COVID that we didn't know was COVID back in over Christmas and New Year's that knocked me down so much uh, for those three weeks. My liver's been acting kind of screwy. And, and I said, God, I believe that you can regenerate my liver to where it functions like it was when I was born. I believe that. Do you believe this morning that whatever ails you, that God's able to touch you this morning and bring healing? I believe that he does that. Listen, why did we stop believing? Why did we stop believing that God could touch us and restore us? Again, in all of us, I believe there's a universal desire or a longing for miracles. Again, I think there's just something innate about us to believe in a God who still does wonders. And one of the four cardinal doctrines of the church, by the way, is salvation, Holy Spirit, healing. Healing is one of the cardinal doctrines of the church. The Bible teaches us that sin and sickness are a direct result of sin. Excuse me, sickness and disease or death are a direct result of sin. You know that, right? That sickness and disease are a direct correlation. There's a direct correlation to the fall of man. Sin. God created this world. Remember what he said about the world? You know, he created the world, and he said it was good. And then he created man and woman, and he put them in the garden, this perfect place. And then he said it was what? Very good. But then sin came along and made it not so good. Evil corrupted all that God had planned. And, and remember, God warned Adam. Remember what he told him? He said, Adam, I'm telling you, man. This is just my modern I'm telling you, dude, don't, don't do this. Because when you do this, you will die. You will surely die. You will surely die. You know what? Every day, the suffering, the sickness, the sorrow, the death that we see, is exact, it was exact prophetic word that God gave to him. That's where it came from. But how encouraging it is to stand here today to tell you and those that are watching online that Jesus has the power over sickness and disease. 
I mean, you think about Jesus who stood in front of a tomb of a man who had been dead for four days, and all the people around him said, surely he stinketh by now. Like, no kidding. No, surely he stinks by now, but yet Jesus said, roll the stone away. And Jesus speaks to a man who's been dead and says, come out, and death had to let go, and healing just shot through his body, and he came out bound. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. See, Jesus... It has the power over sickness and death and how, again, how encouraging to know that it's a constant for you and I this morning. Jesus, when he came on the scene, he burst on the scene and began to talk about the kingdom of God, that it was near. You see, there's two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of God and there's a kingdom of this world. And in the kingdom of this world, there's sickness and disease and there's sorrow and there's dying and there's betrayal and there's all this stuff. But in the kingdom of God, it's not so. If you don't believe me, go back and read Revelation. It says in that place, there's no more sickness and no more crying and no more dying. Jesus, when he burst on the scene, came and he began to preach that the kingdom of God was near. And then he went about doing the kingdom stuff. He went about healing all who were sick and oppressed. What he was doing was showing that God is sovereign over every area of life, especially those areas that have been affected by the fall. Again, if you read the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, fundamental to God's word is the fact that God is a healer. Let me say that again. Fundamental to the Word of God is the fact that He's a healer of His people. I mean, we would be here a long time if we just started quoting one verse after another that talks about what a healing Jesus we have. In fact, uh, Brenda Phillips, a lady in our church, used to sing that song years ago, What a Healing Jesus. And we do. We have a healing Jesus. We, we would be here a long time if we started quoting Scripture. Do you know that all through Scripture it talks about Him being our healer? Let me just give you three Scriptures from the law that establish or affirm that he's our healer. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26 says this, If you diligently heed his voice, the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. Here's what he said. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 23, So you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless you, your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or barren, be barren in your land. I will fulfill your number of days. Deuteronomy 7. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the horrible diseases which Egypt, uh, of Egypt which you have known. But I will lay them on those who hate you. I found a poll recently that said most Americans believe in the power of prayer to speed their medical recovery. I found that kind of interesting to read that. That a world that has totally reject, rejected God and, and Christ believe in the power of prayer. Now, I'm not knowing, I don't know who they pray, but whatever reason, they believe that prayer is a positive thing. So why do I believe in healing? Why do I believe that we sing a song like that, I believe that he's my healer? Well, I believe because of the life and the witness of Jesus. I believe he's our healer. John 14, 7, Jesus said this. He said, guys, if you really knew me, okay, you would know my Father as well. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe the evidence of the miracles themselves. In other words, Jesus said, look, look at the evidence. If you don't believe what you're hearing, at least believe what you're seeing, okay? And that's simple enough. I mean, remember when John the Baptist was in prison and he sends his disciples to Jesus and they said, hey, are you the one? And he said, Go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. And you know what he did? 
he, he started quoting, and in fact, that's what he did. Uh, one day early on in his ministry, Jesus steps up in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, and he takes out the scroll of Isaiah. And, and, and again, Jesus in John 14 is indicating that he and the Father are one. They're one in purpose. They're one in vision. They're one in character. They're one in ministry. And so as Jesus steps up in, in Luke chapter 4, and he takes that scroll of Isaiah, here's what he says. He said, the Spirit of the Lord, Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to teach uh, the gospel to the poor, poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty, uh, liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That was his message. And everywhere you see Jesus going, he fulfilled that message. That's why he told John's disciples, go back and tell him what you have seen and heard. Why? Because I'm the fulfillment of what Isaiah said the Messiah would be doing. Healing the sick and raising the dead and feeding people with miracle sandwiches by the seacoast. Those are things that I'm doing. I'm establishing the kingdom of God right here on earth. And from that time, you know what we find? We find Jesus meeting people at the point of their need. I, uh, and, and again, it didn't matter what the need was. I love that. I mean, think about it. In the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, just in Mark's Gospel alone, we find Jesus healing, okay, healing and delivering all who were sick and oppressed. Let me give you a sampling. In chapter 1, Jesus delivered a demon-possessed man, healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever, healed multitudes of various diseases, delivered many from demons, and he cleansed a leper. That's just chapter 1. Chapter 2, he healed a man with palsy. Chapter 3, he healed a man with a withered hand in the middle of a church service. Got him in trouble, by the way. Y'all remember that? How dare he heal on church day? Well, would to God he'd interrupt this service this morning and just let a healing wave roll across this place. He healed a man with a withered hand. He said, man, stand up. Had that withered hand. He said, now stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out in the middle of service. Not only that, he healed multitudes again, chapter 3. Chapter 5, he delivered a man who was demon-possessed. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, healed a woman that had been hemorrhaging for 18 years. Mark chapter 6, he healed a few sick people. How about that? Just a few. Healed a few sick folk, but then later on in that chapter, the Bible says he healed many more. Mark chapter 7, he delivered a girl of demons, healed a deaf and dumb man. Chapter 8, he opened the eyes of a blind man. Chapter 10, he healed blind Bartimaeus. I mean, again, just a sampling of everything that he did. You go on and you find he cleansed the ten lepers, raised Lazarus from the dead, restored the sight of the man who had been born blind. He reattached Malchus's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane. Forty-one distinctive physical and mental miracles are recorded in the Gospels that Jesus did. Now, Scriptures lets us know that that's not all he did. In fact, John said, I suppose that if everything Jesus did were written down, the earth itself could not contain the volumes of it all. What does that mean? It means he's our healer. It means that he's the God of the miraculous, that he who created the natural laws in which you and I exist today is the one that anytime he wants to can suspend the natural order of things, intervene in those things with a supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit and do anything he wants to do. I love reading missionary reports right now from around the world because it's particularly intense right now around the world. The reason I'm telling you that is sometimes we take our marching orders, or, or not maybe marching orders, maybe that's not the right way to say it. Oftentimes we judge the efficacy of the church based on what's happening in American church. You can't do that. Because God is 
right now, while we're in this service, there are people that are having visions of Christ. There are people that are experiencing instantaneous miracles. There are people being born again right now in Muslim countries because Jesus is standing there preaching the gospel to them. So don't ever think the church is losing and on its way out because all around the world, it's powerful. I'm saying, listen, I'm of the old generation. I believe that there's going to be a last day move of God where the thing you're going to see is the miraculous stored to the body of, restored to the body of Christ. We've got a generation of young people that have heard the stories about how Jesus heals the sick and raises the dead. The blind eyes open, the deaf ears are unstopping, the, and the lame walk and the dumb talk. They've heard those stories all their life. Now it's time to see it. It's time to see it. You see, the problem is, I, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going I'm to say it anyway. You see, today he hadn't found anyone that he can trust just yet. You think about Western culture, we become so, so caught up in how many likes we get and how many swipes we get and how many nods we get on, on all these platforms and social medias, and I don't chat and tweet, so I don't know much about those, but, but we, we get so caught up in that popularity thing of how many likes and he liked this and she liked that, that if God used us, I truly believe this, if God used one of us uh, in the gift of healing or the gift of miracles, we would start publicizing and promoting ourselves rather than the one who does it all. And, when God, when, and God will share his glory with no one. I believe all who came to him, the Bible said he healed. No one was excluded because of their, their case was too small. I remember years ago, there was a faith healer that traveled the country and he got busted. How many of you ever seen one of those exposés on TV? This guy got busted because he had a, had a little uh, receiver in his ear. And prior to service, they would interview people. And during prayer time, he would come down and they would be talking to him and say there's a lady that's on your right her name is such and such she lives at such and such she's got this going on and he would go up and begin to talk to her and begin to repeat everything that that person was telling him and she thought he was a messenger from God and he passed the plate and they gave and they gave because here's a man who hears he was a charlatan and a con artist Listen, I think because we've had so many of those types of people that we've become afraid to pray for people and believe for healing. I believe he's our healer. I love this. I've got to hurry up. I love what Psalm 31, 21 says, and this is from the Jerusalem Bible. It says, God performs marvels of love. <laughs> Isn't that good? God performs marvels of love. I believe he heals. The re next reason is because of the work on the cross. You know, we're about to celebrate Easter in a couple of weeks. See, Jesus not only bore my sins on that cross, but he also atoned for my healing. Again, our text says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. See, he took upon himself our afflictions, those things that, we, that were ours, my back. He took that. He bore that in his body, that arthritic joint, that cancerous tumor, that migraine headache, that glaucoma, that inner ear thing. He took that and bore it on that tree. That's what the Bible says. Listen again, uh, you, you think about this, sin and, and, and sickness are two giants, okay? They're twin giants that have one purpose, to destroy us. But then you take salvation and healing, they are joined as powerful forces 
to heal us. In fact, Matthew chapter 8 says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Now, who can forget Psalm 104, excuse me, 103, that says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are some of those benefits? Who forgives all your sins and heals all your disease. That's a benefit. That's what we're entitled to. We can come to him. I believe, Lord, you're my healer. I believe you're more than enough because that scripture says I will bless you, I will praise you, I will celebrate you because my sins are forgiven and my diseases have been carried to the cross and he nailed them there. He bore them. I love what James says. James in James chapter 5 says, is anyone, he asks, anybody, anybody sick? Anybody sick? He said, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. The Lord will do that. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. He goes on and says, confess your trespasses one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, I love James because James is basically saying it's, it's not just the idea that James conveys to us. It is a complete and total healing. That's why I believe that when we come to him with our need, he's more than enough. The message paraphrase puts James chapter 5, verse 16 like this. Believing prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. <laughs> Isn't that good? Believing prayer will heal you, and Jesus will put you on your feet. And if you sinned, you'll be forgiven inside and out. You'll be healed. Andrew Murray wrote in his book, Divine Healing, here's what he said. He said, the pardon of sin and the healing of sickness complete one another. The last one, I could be here a long time, but I'm not. The last one is this. I believe in healing because his name declares that he's a healer. You know, names are important, right? I mean, in, in the Bible, names carry significant meaning. Today, we want to name our children something cute and hard to spell so that teachers, when they're trying to write their name, have a difficult time. So if you ever see me write funny, I, I, I do things phonetically because that's the only way sometimes, like a baby dedication. I've had some that were, I, could, I didn't know how to say their name, so I wrote it phonetically. And if you looked at it, it I spelled it the way I thought it would sound which had no correlation to actually how it was spelled. You know, and, and, but that's how I did it. But in the Bible, they assigned names because it was significant. It meant something. For instance, the name Jesus. Anybody know what the name Jesus means? Come on, the angel even said that. Oh, it means God saves. God saves. Now, remember this. When, when the angel came and told Mary and Joseph, when, when, when Gabriel came and announced that they were going to have a baby, remember what they said? Remember what he told them? And you shall name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from sin. God saves. Now, here's the thing. Mary and Joseph didn't choose the name Jesus. It wasn't their choice. They might have thought something like Paul or Barnabas. Or something like that. But God said, no, his name's intact because his name means something. It means God saved. 
Warren Wiersbe, I quote him a lot of times, Warren Wiersbe says, every name that he bears is a blessing that he shares. I mean, he isn't just called the good shepherd, he is the good shepherd. He isn't just called the water of life, he is the water of life. Okay, these names mean something. He's not just called the prince of peace, he is the prince of peace. Right? So the name carries some significance. He's not just Lord, he's Lord of all. And one of the names that we find, the covenant names of God, or Christ in Scripture, is Jehovah Rapha. What does that mean? It means, I am the Lord who heals you. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He is Jehovah Rapha. That is his name. His name contains his character, his integrity, his honor. And he said, I am the God who heals you. And over and over and over in Scripture, we see Jehovah Rapha healing all who were sick and oppressed. I mean, even in the Old Testament, he takes a man, a, a pagan man by the name of, of, of Naaman, and because of the faith of a servant girl, says, if you'll go down to that muddy river and dip seven times in it, you'll come up and be clean. After much protest, you know the story. We sing about it. We are we used to anyway. Kids' church. I can remember as a kid, and he dipped and he dipped and he dipped, 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 and he came up clean. <laughs> right? All through Scripture, when the nation was suffering, what did they do? God, Moses stood up. That's where he came from in Exodus 15. Moses stood up and, 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 and God declared, I'm the God who heals you. I will heal you of your sin. Again, his name helps to know who he is and what he does. We know that he's love. We know that he's eternal. We know that he's all wise. He's all, all powerful. He's all sufficient. All of these things have been revealed about himself. He's revealed them to us for, for numerous years. But 4,000 years ago, he revealed to, to Moses, I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. My question to the church, to those online today, why did we stop believing that? Why did we stop believing that prayers of faith to a God who cannot fail work? Again, maybe it has something to do with what I said earlier. How many of us have that inferiority complex where we somehow feel like we don't deserve what God has already done for us? Guys, come on back. I'm going to wrap this up. Maybe that has a lot to do with it. Maybe we sit here this morning and we say, you know what, Pastor, I do believe. I believe that God, I believe that God can touch your back. I believe that God can touch that person's rheumatoid arthritis. I believe God can heal that person of cancer. I believe that. But when it comes to my own personal issue, for some reason, I just I, ha I struggle with that. I, I, I just want to tell you this morning that when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, you're part of that world. You're part of that world. In fact, there are some Bibles that actually you can buy that actually put your name there. You can personalize it. For God so loved Mike Mizell. <laughs> right? That if he would believe, there it is again. See how much operates by faith? Everything comes back to faith. Do I believe? Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, he said, Now unto him who is able, everybody say able. See, your situation is not unique. Your situation is not too big for God. It's not too complicated. The doctors might scratch their head. They might wonder and, and, and not, you may be a, an abnormality. Maybe they don't have any clue what's going on. But now unto him who is able to do. 
not able to think and vision and wish things, he's able to do more than we ask or think according to the power that works in us, the Holy Spirit. Healing has been part and parcel to the church throughout its history. It hasn't been monopolized by one particular denomination. History attests to the fact that Jesus is both the great Savior as well as the great healer. What does that mean? It means right now he's still our healer. I'm going to wrap this up in here in just a moment. I'm, we're, going to, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to pray. We're going to do exactly what the Bible says. If you're here, you need, to, uh, you need prayer. I've got some oil up here, and we're going to pray, and we're going to believe God. Listen, I don't know why we stopped believing that. I, don't, I remember early on, years ago, back in the 90s. In fact, I, my daughter was real young. She was four when we started pastoring this church. And uh, I don't know if you can remember this, but we had, a, we had an evangelist come, a, a friend of mine. He came and he, done, he, he preached, I think it was a Sunday to Wednesday. And on Wednesday night, he uh, brought everybody down and he was anointing. We, we were anointing together everybody in the building, hands and head. She was, I don't know, she may have been six, seven, eight years old, young, young girl. So she comes down. She's one of the, those among us, and we pray for her. And Sheila was unable to come at that, that night. Dakota didn't. So when we get home, Sheila says, Rebecca, wh what got in your hair? The oil, you know? And I'll never forget this. Rebecca, being a little jovial young lady, girl that she was, she said, oh, Mama, I got blessed at church tonight. <laughs> and, I, and I remember that. I remember times when we would have people line up down the aisle right here, the prayer tunnel. And we would have people start in the back, and they would walk forward. And they, they would pass people, and they'd lay hands on them, and they would pray, and they would pray, and they would pray. And they would just come down that tunnel, and then they would come to their private place. Why have we stopped believing? Why have we stopped believing in the miraculous? I believe you're my healer. I believe you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to do something different this morning. I'm going to ask our prayer team. I know we haven't done this since COVID, but I'm going to do it this morning. I'm, I need some of our workers, some of our team leaders, some, some of our folks this morning. I'm going to ask you to come, even if you're not a team leader, you believe in the power of prayer. Would you come and would you stand down here this morning, please? Church, I believe. He's more than enough. You have cancer? He's the healer of cancer. You have migraines? Listen, here's the thing. Don't minimize your illness. Just because you don't have cancer doesn't mean he's not in, he doesn't care about an ingrown toenail. Sometimes we, we, we think about, well, I don't have a biggie. Well, God's interested in the smallies too. So as we sing again this song, and I can't bend over.
over, would you? I'm going to, Jay, come here for a minute. I want you to walk to each of these and let them just have their fingers up. Each of these here, please. As we sing this song, you need healing today. Believe. Step out and come and let somebody pray with you. You don't have to bear that alone. It's not your burden to be carried by yourself. That's part of the body of Christ. So as they sing, I want you to come this morning. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be the first one. I'm praying for a creative miracle. I know there's things that are worse than a a bone-on-bone degenerative disc. I understand that. But I have a disabled wife that can't do anything that I have to transfer and do all these things for. And it'd surely be nice to not hurt while I'm doing all those things that I have to do for her. So go ahead and sing. And as they sing, would you come? You need prayer and you need to touch. I want you to come. Raging seas, you walk with me through fire and heal all my disease. I trust in you, I trust.
for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hands. No, nothing is impossible for you. Nothing dismissal and prayer here's what I want you to do if you're hurting today I want you to take the hand, your hand and if you're able put it on that spot that you're hurting as we close in prayer I just I just I hadn't planned on doing that but I just feel like you know sometimes we just don't go forward we don't want to whatever he cares about you and if you're watching online this morning that area of your body that's hurting I'm going to pray here in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to put your hand on that spot, wherever it might be, as we pray this prayer of benediction this morning. And 
I want you to believe. I believe you're my healer. And I want you to remind yourself over and over and over. Listen, quit going to Dr. Google and reading words of death. Go to the great physician and read words of life. Claim the promises of God and anchor in it. Find... If you will but believe, I will show you things that you cannot even begin to imagine. Believe. Have faith in God. I told my disciples over and over, have faith in God. I tell you today, have faith. That mountain that you're facing, it's not immovable. That giant that you're fighting right now, he's not so strong that he can't be defeated. That fire that you're in, that river that's raging around you, you won't go under. You won't if you believe. I will come through. I love you with an everlasting love. So call out to me, have faith in me, and let me work, saith the Lord. Mm. Wow, that's, that's a specific word for somebody. If you're a guest this morning... You just heard a message of tongues and interpretation as Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. These ministry gifts are given. I'm going to say it this way. Quit carrying a load you're not designed to carry. Physical, emotional, mental, quit carrying a load that he's already bore for us. I want you to take that hand as we close this morning. Well, let me add, let me do this first. I want you to bow with me because I want to be I want to respect privacy. If that was a word for you this morning, again, nobody look around. You're carrying a load that God didn't design you to carry. I want you to slip your hand up. I want to pray for you as well. Just write it right back down. Don't be. Amen. Thank you. Right up. Right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Lots of hands. Lots of hands. That's how you verify God speaking. Now here's what I want you to do. Take that hand if you're able and put it on that spot that hurts, that sickness, that whatever it is, if you can. Now I want us to pray. Father, right now, in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus, the name that means God saves. Lord, you and your eternal name, Jehovah Rapha, is here today. Lord, everyone online, everyone in the building today, Lord, we believe that you're our healer. And Father, right where we stand, right where we sit, in this building, in in that hospital, that bedroom, that living room, the kitchen table, that car, wherever we might be this morning, Lord, we place our hand at the point of our knee, Lord, and we ask you, the healer, to touch us. Lord, we pray today, Lord, that you would touch every, uh, Lord, every joint, every muscle, every sinew, every tissue in our bodies. Lord, you are the God who put us together. You knit us in our mother's womb. Now, Father, today, we pray you rejuvenate and restore 
Lord, you said in Joel chapter 2 that you would restore everything that the pommel worm, the canker worm, and the caterpillar have taken. Lord, restore the years that have worn us down. Lord, restore uh, the years that the sickness and disease has taken. Lord, restore our bodies, Lord, as they were before. Lord, we speak that now. Father, I pray for those that are battling with the weight of emotions. Lord, there are things that are pressing upon them mentally, Lord. I pray, God, that you would come, give clarity of understanding. Lord, give them clarity of thought. Lord, I pray that you would take the pressure off of them. May they trust you that you will work all things together for their good. You've already found the way, and you will lead them the way that you want them to go. Lord, I pray this morning that you would take that burden. Lord, today we cast that thing upon you because you care for us. And Father, when we walk out of here today, Lord, we walk out rejoicing in the goodness of the Lord. Whose report will we believe? We choose to believe the report of the Lord. It says I'm healed. It says I'm filled. It says I'm free. It says victory. Lord, we choose to walk out of here believing that right now in the powerful name of Jesus. We declare it now and we celebrate our victory in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Come on, celebrate Jesus today. God bless you. Be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you for being with us. I'll see you next time.